so you. Into the into it. Into the blast. <laughs> get it done. Let's get it done. What are we waiting yeah. for? Mamas. I recorded a long, beautiful intro for you and realized my Bluetooth was on. (laughs) So that's going to be my sign from the universe to keep it short and simple for you. Um, I did want to share with you, mamas, the audio is a little rough for this one okay we recorded outside with my phone and um i've never done that before i just have done it on my microphone outside and the birds are still like obnoxious but it was like they were freaking sitting at the table with us mamas i could not believe so anyway um bear with me i will probably just keep our conversation as snip snappy as possible. Um, I share some insights at the end, but, um, I was really debating which podcast to do this week, a new one, my one with Chuck or my one with my mom. And it feels like now is the time to share with my mom. Um, one day I really hope my mom and I can have a heart to heart about what my own mama has meant to me. And the transformation that that has made in my life and um, the way I see our relationship. But that's not where this conversation went. But I'm going to just leave it at that, mamas. I'm going to keep it short and simple for you tonight. I'm just going to share it. Here it is, mamas. Oh my gosh, the sky is pink. Would you be open to sharing your perspective with Mark and your experience of that? You know, it's been so many years I haven't even thought about Mark. Really? Yeah. I he's um like I hurt a lot. Yeah. When it was done. And I I could not um but I, I healed cleanly from that. Yeah. Because I knew it wasn't real. Wow. It wasn't that real. That helped you, eh? Oh, tremendously. It was just like I, my last conversation with him was, I was written, I think. And I loved chatting with him. He would say everything I needed, wanted to hear and flattery and it just, he just had a way. He could just read me and he just knew he just fit. And my last conversation is I'm Mark, you're awesome. Like, you know, I love talking with you and communicating with you and everything is great. The problem is you're a liar. <laughs> you're a cheater. Ooh. And you're a thief. Ooh. So no can do. Whoa. Never heard from him again after that. <gasps> too bad about those things because the rest is perfect (laughs) that's so funny (laughs) oh my gosh because my ex you remember and she reminded me of mark yeah when our last conversation 
what I said to her was, you have cheated on every single person you've ever been with, with the next person that you've been with. Right. And I just realized I was a part of that pattern. Yeah. And it just kind of startled her and she never messaged me again. Isn't that crazy? Sometimes when they know you got, you've got their numbers so thoroughly. Yeah. Another thing was, I kept saying to Mark, and probably the last thing I said to him was, where's my $13,000? He was terrified I was going to come after him for thirteen grand. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was my insurance that you're not coming anywhere near me. <laughs> Just take it. Oh, for sure. It was worth $13,000. <laughs> I have to keep Okay. No, I don't want to talk about Mark. It's funny because when I met with Chuck yesterday, mm-hmm. I was thinking about how Ben was really there for me in that time, yeah. you know, and how I don't remember a lot of it. I really don't. I know that it was kind of a breaking point for us. Well, you changed. You you, you were going a certain way and then you went exit stage left. I definitely changed big time do you think you did oh probably I mean I was so hurt in those days but so that whole season was just really painful and I'm really grateful Brian came along as quickly as he did because that helped me you know yeah to get through all of that. And he wasn't that quick. Well, so Mark and I got married um, in February of 2009. So you met when I was 16. Oh, 10. You met when I was 16. Did we? So you met in whatever year that was. Oh, nine. And then, and then we were only married for three months. And so we were separated uh, May of 2010 2010 and then I met Brian a year later really yeah and we started oh. dating August of that year 2011 oh <laughs> and then we got married in October of 2013 so you guys dated two years more than that because I refused to meet Brian for the first two years well maybe from I don't know what it was, but that is, that is, that is our timeline. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, uh, quite the, no, no, I mean, I, I don't, for any means, think that I did everything right. I sure didn't. I feel like I was quite codependent on you. Like, I've told you this before, where it's like, you were the parent in the household, right? Like, we saw Dad on weekends, but at 12 years old, we stopped really seeing him as much. And it was like, you're, um, like, if you weren't okay, I wasn't okay. Right. And that's not necessarily your fault. Yeah. And I I can't even relate to that, because there were always two parents in my home. Yeah. And I had my sister. Yeah. And of course, you had you had Deanna, but it was a different relationship. And I never felt that way with my 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 mother to the same degree. Like close. 
not like cats out like you and I were. We were super, super close. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. I think that it could be wrong, but I think that you feel like I shared a lot with you. And perhaps I, I'm not saying that I wouldn't have overshared at times with you. That's very likely. Mm. I remember one instance in particular going out in Florida talking about Mark. Mm. You did beg me to talk to you at the time. Mm. And then I really thought about it. And I shouldn't have. I should have just said no. But I did at the time. And you were, because you were 16, and I thought you were a year older now. Mm. But I, my, I have books of things that happened in your childhood that you know nothing about. Mm. You always said that. Yeah. And I was always curious and yeah. scared to ask. No, don't need to know. I mean, I mean, it's just pri- private um, experiences that I that I had as an uncle. Yeah. Trying some things on, throwing some things off, learning, growing, and um, grieving. Yeah. I don't even remember that time in Florida. Um, I literally don't remember that. I don't even remember Florida. Indiana played um, soccer. What? And she played soccer in Florida? Yeah. With her soccer team. Remember that messed up coach? Vaguely, I remember this. So I think that that was not that coach year. It was another year. We had an extra little cot. Remember, I took the cot out on the deck on the patio. Yes. <laughs> right? To sleep with the sunset. Of the- course. <laughs> the sound of the surf. Oh my god! Shadows of the cottage, which we get to hear where we are As right we're listening now. to right now. Yeah, the surf. Yeah. No, I remember, and we can cut this out, whatever you're comfortable with, but any, like any of this truly, I don't even have to ever post this. Okay, good. But, um, I remember you saying like, Jasmine, it's like you want me to run around the racetrack, but I've got both my legs chopped off. And I remember that being like at the, the first moment that I ever realized that like, both are true. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I need, I need you to run around this racetrack, but you can't. Yeah. And it's not your fault necessarily. Yeah. And I couldn't be the other parent. And I firmly yeah. believe children need both parents. Yeah. I could not give you everything that you needed. Yeah. And I, at that point I was pretty upset with God, frankly, for not coming through with a stepdad for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I was not happy. And frustrated. I tried with Gary a couple of times, right? So, oh, look at that beautiful bird. Yeah. Where is he? He hid in amongst the trees. Now, oh. we can't see them as well because once they get into the branches now, we yeah. can't see them. It's the early part of spring. Yeah. It's the bird show. It's like we're li- we live in a great big bird cage. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. It is. It's like a giant terrarium. It it is. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking, 
when I was sitting on the couch sick this morning, looking out the window, like this could be a painting. Yeah. At any season, at any walk through here, I mean, it's just glorious, this whole area. Yeah. Where we live. I'm glad you're feeling more able to, you know, see yourself here and still enjoy it. I'm thrilled about that. I mean, so much. I'm thrilled about it. Proud of you. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's enough to give your self-esteem a good whopping. Yeah. That's why I want to give him a kick in the butt. <laughs> in the worst way. It had hurt the ego. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yep. I can't imagine growing up in that long. I had Sarah. And I had my faith. And honestly, Jasmine, I gave my heart to the Lord and walked up at church to the altar and gave my heart to Jesus. Mm -hmm. I had that pull of the Holy Spirit drawing me up. I came back with that load gone at eight years old. And it has sustained me for my entire life. Mm. Uh, that transactional occurred. And I will never, I, uh, I will never be the same. I was a little mad at my mother because she says to me after that, so why did you go up? I'm like, well, I didn't want to tell her. And I got obviously, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me to do that. Mm. And she made me spell it out. And I didn't want to spell it out. You wanted to be personal. Yeah. Because she was always way more outgoing than me. So that was mom's teacher way. Making sure that, you know, the T's across, the I's dotted, you know what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. I had given my heart to Jesus as a four-year-old. So this was not new. <laughs> my grandparents always gave us hope. When we turned six, all the grandchildren got a little New Testament. And mine was white, and they were white. And our names engraved on the front are engraved. Mm. Elizabeth Shaw, Jay Shaw. And in the book of John, I think it was one of the Gospels, there's this picture of this old painting of Jesus on the cross. And as a child, I could not look at that picture without crying. Mm. That is my. That is my sensitivity to the, the deeper things of God and the me. And we go to church on Sundays and we have altar services that would last till 10, 11 o'clock at night, 11.30. I'd be up there bawling and crying and singing and praying and for hours and hours and hours. We grew up that way. That's why Kathy and I are still friends. You know, not everyone that went to my school had this, comes out with the same stories, some of us do, that set our paths on a very straight and narrow, really, truly, through some really tough things in life. Mm. All of us have been divorced, except for Heather. Mm. Anyway, um, so because of that, because of my grandparents who lived above us, my grandfather was an absolute sweetheart. 
you know. And in those days, like the school I went to was named after him. It was a thing. And there was that community around us. There was a tremendous amount of respect. My, my father was a wonderful teacher. I met a man just a couple of years ago at a party. He came to New York daughter. I said, yeah. She goes, I was in his Bible study classes, adult teaching class, and I learned so much from his teaching. I, he was one of the best Bible study teachers I've ever known in my life. Wow. Yeah. And this was at Scarborough Gospel Temple years later, like in 19, we moved in 78. This was in Scarborough here. Wow. So with my father's false and those reasons for those you take that back another generation or two mm -hmm. he loved the Lord he was so grateful for his salvation he was so grateful for his forgiveness of his sins he was so grateful for the promise of eternity and eternal life in heaven he was so thankful that God had brought my mother to him that he was given and such esteem and such a beautiful position in Newfoundland, and he never took any of that for granted. Mm. And he listened to my, um, <laughs> my grandfather praying upstairs. I hear him marching up and down the hall. And this is long hallway. And he'd be praying and praying and praying and praying in tongues and tea, praying in English. And then I would hear my father downstairs praying. And each time he prayed, there was no issues in the house. There was a tenderness and a gentleness. I saw the difference. And I could read the Bible. The Bible says, fathers, do not enrage your children. Do not anger your children. So I knew that the parts that didn't work in our family, and they kept coming up from time to time, were not of God. And I never confused the two. Wow. Because I kept my faith in the Word of God in prayer all these years. You've said that to me over the years, and it just clicked. <laughs> yeah, there's everything in my life. There's great things in my life in you, Indiana, right there. But my faith, my Jesus, my faith in God, eternal life, is beyond all that. And underneath all that, it lasts forever. When you I wish I'd prayed for you guys more as little children. You prayed for us plenty. And you know what? Actually, I'm so glad you mentioned that because... I've mentioned this on the pod before is like checking in with self care about physically, mentally, emotionally, socially, spiritually. Mm. And you have, you are the one that prayed that you would always mm -hmm. say, Jesus, protect them physically, mentally, mm -hmm. emotionally, spiritually. Pray that. Yeah. Every which way. And that, those <laughs> are, these are some of the huge yeah. categories that I check in on in my life. Remember I would read you the story, the hiding place. Which one's that one? The um, Corey Ten Boom. Um, yeah. I read you that story. It was in the Second World War, and they were Dutch people, and they hid Jewish people in their homes behind the closet. Yeah, or the, yeah. 
I saw her on through Alpha. Yeah. Corey Tenbury. Right. So I have booked the hiding place here. And, yeah. I, and when I went through my closet, I realized I, ha- I ordered that book. If you're interested in rereading that as an adult, you're welcome to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is such a profound story. I remember hearing her speak. She would. She was at Huntley Street, and she was at Scarborough Gospel School until she died. She died? <laughs> oh, many years ago. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, she died in the 80s, I think. What a powerful story. What a powerful, powerful story. And then she spent many of her adult years going to churches and, and telling her story. Her story is such a gift to the world. There were so many beautiful, that was a beautiful, the 70s and the 60s was a beautiful time in evangelical Christianity. And it was a beautiful time in Newfoundland. And I feel very honored that we were a big part of that in my family. Big part of that. And it and it, it has set me straight. I mean it definitely set me straight. And it helped me endure. I love your heart, Mom. Oh. You're the first one to forgive. It's not ever about holding back forgiveness. When you realize the Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, when you get that into your marrow bones, forgiveness is easy. If you've been forgiven of everything and all have sinned, (laughs) I mean, I may want you 10 paces from me at all times, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean I don't forgive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And honestly, the minute that there's real signs that you get reality, you know, we're not dealing in your fantasy world or whatever, like, that's fine. I'm good. Yeah. This is why I feel like the power of thought is so important. Because when we cycle and we spiral, I I picture it as like this wheel that's just spinning. And then all of a sudden you start tilting off axis. Yeah. And you create your own version, perception of reality. Again, the Bible. Chiropractic adjustment. Yeah. It just like, oh, yeah, okay, like, that's so stupid. And I, it's hard to read sometimes, my because I know, like, spiritually, I know that the devil and the minions get in there and get everything going on in my head. A hundred... Uh, interruptions for one chapter and my head just spins and I have ADD anyways, I'm convinced of it. I have ADHD, but I have a, I have a hard time focusing mm-hmm. sometimes. My head, my brain just goes all over the place. So that's why I read, you know, I don't berate myself. Mm-hmm. I haven't read today. And so I'll read tomorrow. Yeah. And sometimes I play catch up, but I don't always. So sometimes then I like I'll catch it around next year. I'll get it next year because it's a year, right? Right. Old news, oh. common problem. So you can just let that go. Hey, Jake. I've gotten over that being mad at them for letting him stay. I've been mad at you. I just cut it. You should be. Yeah. yeah. I'm guarded too, but I can be friendly. Yeah. No, I I think you have a great way. With her. She wants to do so. Yeah, right. Yeah.
I can see that. Something about her chickness. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I have, and I'm learning to drop a lot of any expectations. Well, you really practice letting go in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, I noticed that about you, that you, like, this this thought of resisting the thing is worse than the thing itself. And a lot of the times you're, <laughs> you're just doing, like, you just do before you even think. You're like, oh, I bought a house in Newfoundland. Yeah. Oh, you know, I leave to go to the bathroom and you're out watering or you're weeding. Like, you don't resist and you're like, oh, I don't really want to. You're just like. I don't have a conversation about it. I just do it. Yeah. That's, you know what? Um, my psychic Aisha was talking about like horoscopes and stuff and how Aries is like that head first energy, like fiery energy. It's yeah. so you. Into the, into it, into the blast. Gotta get it done. Let's get it done. What are we waiting yeah. for? Yeah. So I always admire your way. Well, thank you, sweetie. I appreciate you saying that. Silla. Silla, Sissa. Think at the end of the song. Silla, S-E-L-A-H. You've shared it up. <laughs> Thanks, Mama. Hi, Mamas. So my mom and I had a heart to heart after and uh, I don't know how much I'll keep in but I know she mentioned her sister my aunt Sarah passing away and how she was the the glue in the family that kept people together you know and this thought kind of occurred to me that had been playing around in my mind this week in other situations but I feel like it's true with my mom, we were having a conversation after we'd recorded about how some infinities are bigger than others. And it doesn't take away from the infinite first one. You know what I mean? And she's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, for example, the amount of digits integers between number one and number two is infinite right? Because you could do 1.01, right? And on and on and on and on. Infinite. But somehow an infinity between digits one and three is even bigger. So some infinities are bigger than others. And so applying that to love and relationships, it's like, it doesn't just because the world goes on when somebody dies or a relationship dies or whatever heartbreak it is like it there you have this space in your heart for that person that was infinite and that cannot be taken away it can't it doesn't I mean you can you can and you can try and you can override it or whatever and things change and shift and move on but to me it's like once you've got that infinite love for somebody it doesn't need to be replaced. It doesn't need to be grown over, um, covered up, like gotten over. It just is, right? And this has kind of been my prayer. And it's funny, it ties into the theme of it's not about me. And thank God for that, right? Being stuck in my own head or my own heartbreak and realizing that it's not about shrinking or getting over or whatever the 
that person who left a mark on your heart was. It's about opening your heart even more, expanding it even more, right? Like I'll always have love for and I can't see that ever going away because the imprint that he made on my heart and my life is forever. I'm forever changed by it, right? And that applies to the great loves in my life. And um, and so that that thought was kind of with me, mamas, and I wanted to share that with you where it's like if you're going through a heartbreak or a death and there's pain there, maybe it's not about trying to replace, trying to distract, trying to get over Maybe it's about expanding our hearts even more somehow rather than trying to close it up or cauterize it or whatever. Like, And that's been a prayer that's kind of been getting me through is like when I'm stuck in a cycle of heartbreak, of like cyclical thinking of, of me and my problems and romanticizing and love addiction, whatever, it's like God opened my heart. Like noticing I'm stuck in a spiral and saying like, open my heart um which is like not necessarily your instinct when you want to close in you want to protect and things hurt right but it actually is such a it's such a sweet surrender like a moment of submission where it's like ah it's not about me and thank god for that um so yeah mom and i were talking about that regarding the loss of her sister sarah and how we were talking about the pain of the world, how, you know, like things are not okay and got emotional about it. And I'm like, yeah, but you losing your sister is infinitely like, it's an infinite loss. There is no, like, it's not lesser than just because the world moved on. Like it was an infinite loss. And she's like, that's such a good way of putting it. Um, and so I wanted to share that and, um, talking with my mom kind of brought that out. So these are kind of the fruits of our conversation that I wanted to share with you. So mamas, I hope that you have a great week. Um, thank you so much for being here with me and until next time, mamas, take care. Thank you.